Yeah, it's hot, hot, hot. All right. Uh, multitasking over here. Welcome back. JP in for Chris, along with uh, the Hall of Famer, Mo Patton. So hot, 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 hot. Ah, happy Thursday, everybody. Might as well have a good time, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point? Amen. Amen, my friend. Hey, um, welcome back to Main Street Sports today. That's JP pushing the buttons. Some of them right. Some of them not. Some so of them much. not. Yeah. Uh, and um, I'm Maurice Patton. And joining us in this segment is ESPN.com women's basketball writer Michelle Vopel. Um, wanted to pick Michelle's brains about one of the favorite women's basketball teams in this area, anyway the Tennessee Lady Volunteers, who are ranked number four in the country off to their best start since the 2007-2008 season. And, um, Michelle, I don't want to ask you if you're surprised that Tennessee is ranked number four in the country, but I do want to ask you if you're surprised that Kelly Harper has been able to get things going so solidly in this direction as quickly as she has. I don't think so in part because, you know, we, we still think of her, you know, you and I, know, it doesn't seem like that long since she's been a player. But it doesn't it seem like that long at all, Michelle. You're, you're absolutely so, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but she's been a head coach a long time, you know, starting with Western Carolina. So, um, you know, Western Carolina and her time at NC State, her success at Missouri State, um, you know, she – I think she came into Tennessee at a really good point in her career. Um, you just feel like she, she got a lot of experiences at different places. She understood she'd already been through trying to quote unquote, not necessarily replace, but come in after one legend with, with Kay Yap. Mm-hmm. And, and that was difficult. Um, but I think coming with Pat, obviously she didn't have to come in, you know, Holly was in that role of, of, you know, filling in right after Pat. So, I think that was really good for her. You know, honestly, one thing just stood out so much to me last year when there were so many tough questions being asked um, with coaches, and rightfully so, about how they were supporting players with Black Lives Matter. And I remember with with Tennessee, the way that Kelly talked about that, how open and sincere she was in support of her players, I thought, you know, she really does understand today's kids which is so important to be successful so I think um while I'm not sure any of us thought for sure they'd only have one loss at this point I really felt like last year I remember thinking to myself you know she's really growing into this job and I think is going to be very good at it I think this is a, a good fit for her and it's a good time in her her life and her career for her to to come into Tennessee when she did Playing tonight against Auburn, 7 o'clock Central Time start for that one on SEC Network Plus. Monday night they've got Arkansas um, over in Fayetteville. This looks like a stretch of the schedule, Michelle, where they can really, I guess, stay on a roll. Uh, and their only loss was to Stanford back um, three weeks to a month ago. But it, it looks like they can continue rolling here before um, – before they face um, UConn on the 6th? 
Yes. And, and, you know, I think it's going to be interesting because going into that game, I think they're going to be favored. So that's, it's been a while since there was a tendency. Obviously, you know, it was a, it was a long period where they didn't play, but it's been a while since going into that game that they would be favored. And, and I agree with you. They, in a lot of ways, they represent right now to me sort of the best of the old style Tennessee teams. They're a really good rebounding team. Um, I, I wish they'd cut down on turnovers, but I could say that for a lot of SEC teams. Actually, I just, I think sometimes that, that's just, you know, the pace they play at and everything. But, right. Um, I like a lot about this team. I, I felt terrible with uh, Kian Green getting hurt um, just because I think she was such a good off-the-bench player and, and, and backup for, um, you know, for Tamari Key. But, but this, is a, this is a really solid team with a lot of you know, top-notch talent on it. And, and it's also nice to see, I think, Jordan Horston is really rounding into form to, to be the type of player that Tennessee was hoping she would be when they recruited her. At the same time, they played around some injuries and some absences. You mentioned um, Karen Green. Um, Ray Burrell was kind of in and out early on, but but they've, they've kind of um, battened down the hatches and continued to move forward. And like you said, Jordan Horston has been a big lift for him, and Burrell has kind of um, gotten in where she fits in to some degree. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's a great point because when, you know, when Ray got hurt really early on, everybody thought, okay, hey, you know, she's, you know, the thought was she is, you know, the best player on the team. What are they going to do? And they really just played, have played so well, even when they didn't have her, that bringing her back was just such, it was like a bonus. Um, you know, getting the transfer Alexis die, uh, I think was a, a really nice transfer because she's a really experienced player. Uh, Sarah Puckett's played really well for them. Uh, Jordan Walker's played really well for them. So um, that's why I feel like just the, the talent on this team is really legitimate. Uh, it, we don't want to look too far ahead, but boy, that, you know, South Carolina <laughs> <Tennessee> <laughs> now has, that's become the game. You know, people are, I think, are looking forward to that even more than Tennessee UConn. You know, um, but we always do look forward to Tennessee UConn, especially old folks like us, right? <laughs> exactly. Who remember uh, the, the old days of it. And, uh, and, and I think it's, it's going to be an interesting game, especially because it means a lot to UConn since they lost South Carolina, that that game was called off. Tennessee is the last chance they have against, you know, a, a, a power conference. So, um, so I, I think there's going to be a lot riding on that game. and It's going to be a, a lot of fun to watch. Speaking with Michelle Vopel of ESPN.com, their their women's basketball writer. I'm, I'm sure you're not their only one, but writes women's college basketball for ESPN.com. And Michelle, you mentioned the Lexus died, the transfer from Troy. I don't know that I've seen a UT roster with as many transfers as this year's team does. You've got Die from Troy. You've got Jordan Hawker from Western Michigan. You mentioned Kayan Green transferred in from Liberty. Um, the transfer portal, I guess, is, is having its impact everywhere, right? It, it's completely changed, you know, the sport. It, you know, this is something 20 years ago, you really couldn't imagine either either Tennessee or UConn really having very many transfers, you know, and, or, or any other really top program. Uh, it just didn't happen that much, but it has changed everything, and I think – now schools really have to think about the like men's and women's side, have to always be thinking about their roster in a little bit of a state of flux, um, you know, and sort of thinking and anticipating the worst, if you will. And 
you know they've got their eyes on that transfer portal. And, and you look at literally the, the number one um, scorer in the SEC, Rakia Jackson, is in the transfer portal now, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of the season. So uh, that's just become a – I mean, it, it's almost as big a part, if you will, of, of the game now as recruiting. Michelle, this is JP. Um, I had the opportunity to be around Dawn Staley a little bit when I first started in my career over in Charlotte when she was with the the Sting. Uh, but obviously, w- what a, a career she's had, Coach. What what makes her so special? Why why has she been able to, to do this in South Carolina? I think there's an authenticity about Dawn, and and it goes all the way back to you know when I first experienced that I was working in Virginia when she was playing there in the early nineties. And people just gravitate towards, I think, people who they feel are, are authentic. And she definitely has that with her recruits. She has it with her fans. I don't think there's been any um, – you guys may know better on the men's side, but I know there's been no women's basketball coach who's used Twitter more effectively than Dawn has. She answers individual fans. You know, a fan might say, hey, we're coming up. We're going to be in Arkansas, and you guys are going to be there, and I'm, I'm bringing my – Nine-year-old, is there any chance we can get a picture? And Dawn will respond. You know, she she spends a lot of time on Twitter responding to fans, and so that whole community feels like they know her. And and that's just been a time commitment. So I think that's a big part of it, which which has created this great fan base, which brings in recruits. And her being, you know, a Hall of Fame-level player, as we know, that doesn't always translate for coaches but I think for her it has and it's just been that mix um, of all those things that Don's been able to do to build a community support and make that a place where people want to go play and, and then she's capitalized that on that with recruiting at Don Staley on Twitter there you go. I'm one of her many followers by the way and um, as Michelle mentioned that UT South Carolina game mm. is coming up on February 20th, about three weeks from now, between now and then, still a lot of ball to be played. But like you said, there's there's going to be a lot on the line when that one takes place, Michelle. And it's over in Columbia. And, again, there's a lot of basketball to be played. But do you feel like UT is ready for that one? You know, everything they've shown so far, I, I think so. Um you know, obviously South Carolina is still, still is going to be the favorite. I think they're the favorite against anybody. You know, they're going to be playing um, from here on out, you know, with uh, with Aaliyah Boston, I think, is the, the overall favorite for National Player of the Year. The, just the guard strength that they have, the, the depth that they have, even with, you know, one of their top incoming freshmen, Raven Johnson, getting hurt. So I think um, it, it's, it's going to be a tough test. We're going to have an NCAA reveal um, tonight, but if Charlie Kearns' bracketology is right, we're going to have, you know, those those two teams, Tennessee and South Carolina, are both number one seeds. I don't know that that will change based on who wins or loses, um, you, know, you know, the game in Columbia. But like you said, there's still some time left, and we all know SEC basketball. Sometimes stuff surprises you. You know, you... You, you just you think you know what's going to happen, but it is such a tough league, and that's not a cliche. It, it is so tough that um, you know I don't think anybody thought South Carolina was going to go into Missouri and lose, but but they did. So there's still basketball to be played, but we could have that battle, you know, if you will, a battle of, of two number one seeds um, even before the SEC tournament comes. Got to ask you, Michelle, um, what what are your early uh, early thoughts regarding Shea Ralph at Vanderbilt? 
you know, she she stepped into something into a, a you know a position and a program that is in such a low point. Um, and Mo, you and I know because we've seen them at their high point. It's I, I think they're getting ready to honor Jim Foster. There's mm-hmm. something kind of bittersweet about that, about where the program was for a long time and where it is, you know, now. Um, but I, you know, I believe Shay's you know, she's experienced nothing but success um, as, as a player, you know, as an assistant coach at UConn. So I, I really want to give her some time. And when you come into this, this league, into the SEC, there's, there's just no mercy, you know, none, none at all. And so um, obviously she's got to recruit. She's got to keep their spirits up. It's tough when, the, you know, they, play, they just got done playing South Carolina and only scored 30 points which is, is brutal to watch. Yeah. But that's not what her pedigree and her history is. And, and she is just stepping into that job. So, um, I, you know, I want to believe she, she has the, the skill and the, and the hard work and the ability to, to turn things around. But it's, uh, it's tough. It's tough to see just because, uh, you know, we know what Vanderbilt can be and has been. Michelle, you'd mentioned, uh, obviously, you know, Shay coming from UConn, where is that program now? Not, you know, for so long, Gino had this program, a top team, two, three at worst. Are we at towards the end of this uh, dynasty, or, or where do you see this at this point? You know, I, I still think they're in pretty good shape. Um, one would assume Gino can't coach forever, and they're going to go to the same thing that every dynastic college program and pretty much any sport has gone through. Um, we saw it with, with Tennessee, with losing Pat, UCLA. You know, it's never been the same, really, um, since losing John Wooden. Um, so I think it's eventually they're going to go through that. Uh, he seems still just as energized and motivated, even though he has you know some of his pity parties occasionally. <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, here they have, you know, the, they have Paige Becker's sideline and um, Izzy Fudd just came back last night. She hadn't played since November 14th. So what could be scary about UConn is if they end up, a, you know, let's, I think Charlie right now has them projected as a four seed, but let's just say that's where they end up. They're going to be a pretty scary four seed, uh, even if Paige doesn't come back, but especially if she comes back. So, you know, right now I'd say they're still – you know, they're right there. A lot of people are probably reveling in them, you know, when they fell out of the top 10. And, you know, that's okay. Uh, people get sick of them. I totally understand that. Um, uh, I get I get sick of them. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. So, um, so, but at the same time, they, they've just got a lot of talent. And, and if they get healthy, um, they, they, they could be a real danger. Uh, in, in the NCAA tournament, as, as always. Yeah, I wouldn't want to face him for sure, Mo. No doubt. Michelle Vopel, at Michelle, that's M-E-C-H-E-L-L-E-V on Twitter, at Michelle V, covering women's college basketball as well as the WNBA for ESPN.com. Michelle, thanks for spending some time with us here on Main Street Sports today. Hey, thanks for having me, and thanks for uh, spotlighting women's basketball. I appreciate what you guys do. All righty. All right, uh, enlightening. I tell you what, 
doesn't get any better than than that if you like women's basketball. And and again, uh, I know Chris was was listening in, and and I'm sure he he missed uh, that opportunity. But we'll we'll get her back because uh, as you were telling me leading into this, she knows her stuff. She's been around it for a while, and we we covered quite a bit of women's basketball there in 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 that short period uh-huh. of time. And she had to. She had an answer for for all of it. All right, uh, most grab back. We'll see if this can this may become a regular thing. We'll get a maybe we get a sponsor for this one, a grab back, <laughs> you know, a little variety pack. Most variety pack is grab back coming up next. Main Street Sports today uh, with the Hall of Famer Mo. I'm JP, and for Chris today, we'll be back right after this.